talk about different spiritual paths uh, before we even get into the classification okay let us understand what is a spiritual path and while there are many definitions there are many ways that they may have been defined what i like is that i think it is a specific lifestyle that you adopt in order to achieve your spiritual goal so spiritual path is nothing but a spiritual lifestyle and what is the spiritual goal so different paths may have slightly different spiritual goals however the ultimate goal of each path is liberation freedom from human birth end of suffering and understanding the essence of who i am the essence of this world and the essence of this existence that is the purpose and why do we want to achieve the spiritual goal very simple because as i said we want to end suffering forever and we want to stay peaceful and blissful eternally eternally meaning like there should not be any cause there should be nothing which should be happening to me because of which i may feel oh my peace is now disturbed so it does not get disturbed at all now uh, i'm sharing here with you the classification of different spiritual paths and before i share i also want to uh, put two disclaimers here my first disclaimer is that there is no agreement on this classification okay so it is not something that uh, many schools traditions may agree on and as such also there is no classification given so i have uh, put here six uh, different types of spiritual paths however uh, some may have put them under four some may have put them under two so there is there is nothing like you know that this is how it is. um like even when we talk about vigyan bhairav tantra or the book of secrets there are 112 techniques which are given right if you look at gita bhagavad gita there may be two or four which are given so everywhere the classification is different this is the classification that appealed to me so i'm sharing here the second disclaimer is that while of course there are clear differences in each of these paths but at the same time they are intertwined with each other okay it's like when we want to climb a mountain so we may uh, start from anywhere but actually the mountain is only one right and even when you reach the top it is the end goal is also the same for it and whichever path you may be taking you will get effects of or uh, support from other paths so there are differences and yet there are also commonalities between them but what specific path you would be choosing what specific lifestyle you would be acquiring which will be the dominant lifestyle based on that we say this is the spiritual path that you are on let's first start with the path of knowledge or what is also called as the gyan mark or gyan yoga okay now path of knowledge is also called the pathless path because actually all the paths eventually lead to knowledge they eventually lead to gyan and once that gyan and that gyan can also be received in few seconds okay that is all that can take and very commonly we have all heard of uh, the story of king janak and uh, sage ashtavakar when king janak asked him that how can i know that essence how much time will it take and sage ashtavakar told him less than the time it takes to blink your eyelid and uh, he shared with him and king janak got it so there there was no practice the knowledge was received instantly okay so that's why it is also called the pathless path however still there can be practices over there 
and uh, the most uh, common schools under path of knowledge or the common uh, traditions are the first that i have given here is advait vedant or called non dual philosophy okay uh, this is mainly if you see given by adi shankaracharya uh, he was the one who had propagated this very popular in that which says that there are no two there is only one and uh, we've also heard uh, you know the famous thing that adi shankaracharya has said which is uh, uh, brahma satyam jagat mithya right so that is where it comes there are uh, other very popular uh, traditions under non dual philosophy like uh, we all all have heard of raman maharishi he is also uh, that school also is based on non dual philosophy and then we have heard of uh, shri nisargadatta maharaj i'm just talking about the popular ones although there are many and even j krishnamurthy uh, his whole teaching was around the advait and lately actually there are many schools here i'm mentioning only the traditional ones but there are many schools under advait like if you look at uh, ramakrishna missions uh, vedanta new york society there is this swami sarvapriyanand who is very popular and uh, he is talking about completely about the advait school of philosophy only so i said it is a pathless path at the same time there are practices those who start from advait or those who start from the path of knowledge only so the practices which are popularly known as are called listening contemplating and abiding that is shravan manan nididhyasan those are the practices those who start on the advait path and again there are uh, you know this is the final as i said whatever path you may take eventually it is about reaching the top and the top what are you going to find knowledge that is what you so there are paths which start with or there are schools or traditions which say we start from the lower end and then we progress slowly okay uh, and there are also traditions which say we start from the top okay so we first give you the knowledge do you get it okay you don't get it fine so we come one step down do you get this okay you are not getting this also so we come one step down so both the approaches are used by different schools um, the other one second one that i have mentioned here is kashmiri shaivism okay and that is the approach it is also called trika shaivism uh, very popular in kashmir it was of course it must have been a very long uh, it has a very long history but what i know of it was anubhav gupta in the possibly the 8 ce who who kind of propagated this and lately in the 20th century it has been taken forward by lakshman ju and the trika philosophy at in there they start from the top again so they completely believe that you have to start from the top and tell give people the knowledge first give them the knowledge who knows they may be prepared you know why waste their time in uh, taking them through all the processes give them the knowledge if they get it great if you don't get it it doesn't make sense to you fine okay let's go to the second one you don't get the second one okay let's go to the third okay so that is the way now kashmiri shaivism uh, mainly is a gyan marg uh, the you know path of non dual philosophy but in all these paths you will also found find other paths coming in like kashmiri shaivism also has tantra practices or occult practices which are very popular in fact vigyan bhairav tantra which is uh, uh, is also part of the uh, these their scriptures only okay third one is the sankhya sankhya is where does it come from it comes from the bhagavad gita if you see uh, and if you see even in bhagavad gita which is the second chapter 
Krishna also, when he has, he's giving Gyan to Arjun, he's starting from the top. He's giving him the Advait Gyan first. Okay. And I would like here to uh, mention from uh, Bhagavad Gita chapter 2, verse 20. I'm not reading the Sanskrit one, but I will just share the, the verse, the meaning of the verse, where he says, this self is never born, nor does it ever perish, nor having come into existence, will it again cease to be. It is birthless, eternal, changeless, ever same, unaffected by the usual processes associated with time. It is not slain when the body is killed. So this is coming from the Sankhya But because Arjun does not get the knowledge, then Krishna takes him to, through each path and all the paths. And Bhagavad Gita is one scripture where all the paths have been covered. Then we come to Buddhism. Now Buddhism, most people associate either with Vipassana or with chanting. Okay, But essentially, Buddhism also is about, uh, if you see, Buddha has talked about Shunyata, Shunya. Okay, and in that shunya, it's all about that one, that nothingness. If you get to read this Lotus Sutra in the Buddhism, it is completely about that one, that, you know, what, what we are talking about here as the Advait philosophy or the path of knowledge. That is what the Lotus Sutra is about. However, in every tradition, what happens is there are all kinds of seeds. And uh, because not everybody gets that, so there are different other practices which come in, which the guru initiates so that everybody can gain something, you know, based on their understanding. So, because, so in Buddhism also, we find uh, Vipassana, as I said, which is more of the breathing exercise, breathing practice, watching and meditation and also the chanting. Sikhism, we all know Jabji Sahib, right? Ik Onkar. Ik Onkar, Advait, only one. There is only one. So Sikhism is again very strongly an Advait Mar. Uh, but in Sikhism, we also find a lot of service. We all know how much uh, Sikhs or in the Gurudwara service is given. Plus, uh, uh, there are Shabads which are sung. So there is also that devotional part which comes in. But traditionally, if you see what Guru Nanak Dev had given once, uh, the first thing that he had said after he had realized was Ikonkar. Now, what is the purpose of uh, the path of knowledge or the path of wisdom? It is to gain knowledge, to gain freedom and liberation. Samadhi can be easily attained through this path. And even when we talk about Samadhi, we mention something called Nirvikalp Samadhi, which is about being in the Samadhi 24 hours, not being Samadhi in a particular pose or when you are sitting in your meditation for some time. No, it's about being in that state all the time. That can only happen when you know. That can only happen through knowledge. So even if other parts bring you to this, to the top here, after getting the knowledge only, can you stay in the nirvikalpsa? This is an atheist path. Okay. What does that mean? In, in the Gyan Marg, there is no God. There is no God. Actually, if you see, even in Buddhism, there is no God. He's talking about Shunya or even in Sikhism. It's about Gurudwara, right? Or the Guru Granth Sahib. Or they say the gurus. But God is not there. Advait, non-dual philosophy, no God, which is sometimes difficult for uh, people to understand, but uh, none of the paths on, uh, you know, which will be based out of knowledge, there will be a God. Physical sciences, when we talk about our medicine or engineering, astrology, astronomy, psychology, they are all branches of path of, they are all very sub-branches of path of knowledge. 
Now, as I said, uh, one can easily start directly from the path of knowledge. And who are the people who should be going for this particular path? People who have very high intellect, very high intelligence is required because it is about understanding. So that is, uh, so, you know, all those who have a very high intellect, uh, to them, path of knowledge works out very well. And intelligence here does not mean, you know, what we would generally call intelligent. It's about having a very strong curiosity, someone who has a very strong questioning mind. For them, path of knowledge. Now we come to the second uh, class, uh, types of uh, spiritual path, which is the path of yoga. Very popular, yoga We all know that. And uh, in this, mainly actually it is Ashtang Yoga, which is given by Patanjali. And we know the practices of Yam, Niyam, Asan, Pranayam, Pratyahar, Dharan, Dhyan, Samadhi. Uh, even the Raj Yoga, which has been given by Swami Vivekananda, is coming from Ashtang Yoga only. It is called Raj Yoga because he says uh, it is about you know, living like a king. Once you follow these practices, uh, so you become a king. That means someone your own. You are the one who knows and who rules your own self. Mainly it is uh, pranayam and meditation based, said dhyan. And through this path, one can attain again samadhi. And the samadhi that one attains is savikalp samadhi. That means you get into, through the practice of pranayam and meditation, you are able to achieve that state where you realize the essence. Purpose of uh, yoga is to discipline them, okay? And it consists of poses, breathing exercises, meditation. We already discussed it. It leads to achievement of knowledge. Okay, that is a very important. Now, I also mentioned that uh, in Gyan Marg, it is possible to give that knowledge to someone within few seconds or minutes. If, if, if there is a right guru, the guru who knows his own essence, and if the disciple is ready, actually both the things are required. If both are ready, then it can happen in few minutes. Now, how the disciple will be ready? So, yoga marg is what that also takes or makes the disciple ready for that final achievement of knowledge. One of the sub goals of yoga marg is that it keeps your body fit. However, uh, you know, very unfortunately, that is what we have connected the whole yoga tradition with is about keeping the body fit. Whereas keeping the body fit is, uh, you know, just a byproduct. That's all. All right. The third types are called the Shakti Mark, the path of the energies. And here we have Kundalini Yoga, Kriya Yoga and Hatha Yoga. Uh, you know, we are here Kriya Yogis, quite a few of us. Uh, I'm myself a Kriya Yogi. And we have always been believing that Kriya Yogis comes under yoga. It does. So, you know, that is where I said, you know, sometimes the paths intertwine as well. It is yoga, but specifically it is the path of energies is where we are using the chakras where the energy is being uh, raised from the lower centers to the higher center so if specific practices are being done to actually raise the energy or to raise the kundalini they come under the path of energy okay uh, so in kundalini uh, there is uh, uh, it is about raising each chakra and uh, activating each chakra one by one. In Kriya Yoga also very similar, but uh, it is different. Hatha Yoga is also a mix of meditation, breathing and raising of the uh, Kundalini. The purpose, it is a mysterious path and it is about controlling the energies through different practices. Okay. So those who take the path of energies also gain some uh, powers 
and uh, they also know how to use their energy energy can also be controlled to achieve spiritual attainments and the most important thing here is that it accelerates human evolution even in kriya yoga like we always say that how powerful kriya yoga is that every person although is evolving naturally but when you do kriyas just one breath of kriya does an evolution of one year of a normal human being, just with one breath that is how fast the process moves so the evolution happens faster and how does that help the strong the faster the evolution will happen the faster there is a possibility of you achieving that point where you will be ready to receive the highest path of devotion bhakti mark now this is something which is very popular and uh, uh, almost everybody like you know even when we talk about all the uh, various uh, devotional uh, schools or people having those devotional tendencies it works very well so what does it involve it involves surrendering a worship of your favorite deity and uh, loving or giving service or having compassion because you love your deity so much so naturally you also have love for others so it may have a combination of uh, you know your bhakti and doing service to others the purpose yes the purpose is to realize your deity in physical form what we call ishtaka darshan like when meera uh, is one you know that comes uh, immediately when you think of any devotional uh, path and it is about that are you able to see your deity in the physical form and we know of many examples where people have had that experience uh, or the their isht has given them darshan if you see you know most of the devotional paths that is what they talk about you know that we want to see you yab darshan de do that is where it goes then we come to path of action karma marg which is about giving service forgiveness and staying non violent the purpose here is attaining the spiritual goal through right action now when we talk about path of action a couple of things we need to understand here and i will uh, i will again i'm i'm sure you may have questions and i will again uh, uh, describe in more detail so path of action has two i would put it you know it 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 can start you can start from here from the lower layer and even when you reach the highest layer you again come back to the path of action so what i'm trying to say here is that one all of us have evolved from animal okay and uh, that we all know so after going through various animal births we come to the human birth and when we come to the human birth we still have animalistic tendencies okay all of us what are those it is about reproducing it is about uh, holding because you know as a as an animal we never we could never store our food so we always know we are very um, possessive about the food or uh, the basic needs so about holding about the relationships about possessions now those animalistic tendencies initially when you are new to a human birth they can be very strong okay and if how to help the humans evolve further so the path of action is kind of suggested that how do you do that okay you serve others okay you share if you see even to small children we teach that you should be sharing you should be serving others you shouldn't be holding even if somebody does something bad to you you just forgive it's all right and don't be violent you know these are the main things that one does 
Now, this is where the, on about doing the right action. What is the right action and the wrong action here? Because if we are coming from an animalistic tendency, it is very important for me to know what is the right action. So right action is sharing with others, serving others, forgiving others, staying non-violent, not stealing, not lying. Because if I do that, then I just stay in that animalistic or the lower tendency only. However, as we go further, then the statement or the, the meaning of the right action changes. And then I say, once you, let's say you have received knowledge, you have reached the highest, automatically, again, you fall back to the path of action where naturally you would be serving. Naturally, automatically, you will forgive everyone. Automatically, you will become non. Okay. So it's kind of tweaked. The whole, uh, and we are also going to talk about karma theory and the whole karma theory actually is associated with the path of action. Then we come to the path of occult, which is the Tantra mark. And uh, this is, again, a very mysterious path. Lot of, uh, you know, I would say people do not have much idea about this. There can be uh, uh, misinformation about it. But what we call as Tantra, it actually means being able to use your energies to make things happen. That is what Tantra, okay. I will repeat again, to be able to use your energies to make things happen. So for example, if you can make your mind so sharp that it can cut through everything, that is Tantra. If you can make your heart so loving that whoever comes near you is immersed in that love, that is Tantra. If you can use your energies to uh, think of someone and heal that person, that is Tantra. So I would say even like, you know, when we talk about Reiki or pranic healing, all these are also kind of the, uh, the divisions of or the parts of Tantra. The purpose in mostly the Tantra mark is that they may fulfill desires of a person so that they may evolve further. There are many of us, you know, who would have been hurt or who have many desires and we find that in the world, those desires are not getting fulfilled. So path of occult is actually can be seen as that, okay, how do we help you through the right practices fulfill those desires? And then these there is also a desire to attain spiritual powers. So on the path of occult, there can be spiritual powers that can be attained. And finally, it is all about reaching the, uh, the knowledge, achieving the knowledge. And in path of occult, there is independent tantra and dependent tantra. Independent Tantra is when you use your own energy to achieve whatever you want, that is recommended. Dependent Tantra is where you use other uh, entities who are not in their body, okay, to get or fulfill your desires. And it is because of the dependent Tantra that Tantra has such a bad or a kind of a dark, it has gone become dark side. Like we associate Tantra with Tantrics who may do bad things to us. And Tantra is what? It is about technology. There are energies and one can play with those energies. All right. So now we come to a very important, uh, you know, question which each one of us has, especially if we are starting on the spiritual path, that how to know this path is for me and what is the path for me? So one, of course, you know, very simple things, uh, which I always share is when you take on a path, if it gives you happiness, peace, and enjoyment, and that should happen within first one to three months only, you know, those perceptible changes, then that means that is the path for you. If you look forward to the practice, you don't think, oh, I have to, you know, it's not like done like an obligation, how you would do your job or how you would uh, do the other uh, uh, important activities, not like that, but done out of love. 
every day you are just waiting okay you know when will be my time to do my practice again then that is the path for you if you take it like you know how fish takes to water and you also need to of course explore experiment and uh, with with different paths and see what works for you it's not that immediately you take on a path and work on it i always suggest take on a path work for uh, work practice this for one to three months see what is happening then move on to another even if you like it maybe you may still want to try other ones and see what is if you still don't know maybe if you have a teacher or a guru who can guide you that also helps so these are just kind of very top of the uh, level tips okay another important question and this is something which uh, you you know of course you know some masters have put this together to kind of help you that we talked about six different kinds of paths what would be the right path for me so one of the ways to find it is by self evaluation okay find out afflictions of your mind find out what kind of a person you are and what do you think you are and then also you can kind of get an idea what would be the right for one for you like as i mentioned if you are someone who is very intelligent very curious who has lot of questions a very strong intellect then you can try path of knowledge okay and i recommend there is no harm in trying path of knowledge if you get it great you don't have to wait at all who knows you know the realization may happen today only but if you don't get it no problem we can again you know go to other paths there is there are always so many more if you have a strong body okay then the yoga the path of yoga or the path of energies that works for you and also if you are interested in having a little control over your body over your energies so the these are the paths which work well for you if you are someone who is very emotional then it is the path of devotion it is about choosing your ishta taking a deity and then surrendering to them it is about surrendering that is what one needs to do that i have faith in this particular god or goddess and i completely surrender or my guru and i completely surrender to them. in fact even on the path of knowledge or any of the paths once you gain knowledge you automatically surrender so devotion also happens as i said you know all these paths are also connected with each other. so even if you will go from the path of knowledge you will end up in surrender if you go from the path of devotion let's say you surrender to a particular deity a point will come when you will gain knowledge okay so that they are also kind of connected if you have a lot of desires then you should take the path of occult okay uh, so that you can fulfill your desires achieve them the the kind of something that we need to be aware of here is that uh, occult is a difficult path okay and you need to be sure that the guru that you have in this path is the right path that is very important it can give you a lot the path of occult but it can also take away all. so that's why generally you will find very few people who take on this path and then of course there is path of service you are uh, a seeker starting absolutely one can start with you know doing service for others but service as i said has to be initially it has to start with mm, okay serving others out of love and when you reach the top then the service that happens is what krishna is giving in the gita you are no more the do things just happen and you are no more interested in the results or the consequences of your action so even when you do service do it without any desire do it without becoming the doer that is what takes you to the heights uh we have been talking about uh, you know the the karma theory there was uh, we were discussing that 
And uh, okay, so let me again quickly take you through something else. As I said, on path of knowledge, there is no karma. Nobody talks about karma. Karma is not in the dictionary of path of, okay? Path of yoga, again, we are not talking about any karma. It is all about doing your practice. A practice has been given to you. Whatever your pranayama is, your dhyana is, do that. Just keep doing that and live your life normally. Uh, that's all. There is nothing else to change. No need to worry about that. In the path of energies, there is no karma. Okay. Uh, Kriya Yoga, I can tell you, uh, when you take initiation into Kriya Yoga, it is about doing your practice. You have to forget everything else. Just live your normal life. Do your practice. No karma over here. Path of devotion. Again, when you are so much in love with a deity or uh, you know your God or Isht, where is the question of karma? It is all about love. There is no such thing as karma here either. Path of action. This is where karma comes. In, okay. So the karma theory has actually started with the path of action, which I have already told you is something that comes in uh, when we start from uh, when you know we have come from the uh, animal animalistic tendencies. So we have to be told that we need to do the right action. It is very important. All of us, even as children, have been told to do the right thing by our parents so that we learn what is. Now, what has happened is we have taken this karma theory, which is taught, let's say, in nursery to every other class. Okay. Uh, I know this is kind of controversial, but I still want to share because uh, not many people talk about it. So what has happened is, yes, if I steal or if I lie, or if I do something bad, there are going to be consequences. And we need to be aware of those consequences. Okay, so we need to do the right action. And being a human means that we do not steal, we do not lie, we do not hoard, we do not kill anybody, and we forgive. These are very basic things. But it is a very, uh, because we come from the animals, so we need to be taught these. However, as I said, we have overused the karma. So, and it has also happened because majority or the masses, they are in this path on the action, uh, the karma path, when, when you are like living a normal, regular life. And because of that, it has even seeped it into the upper layers, kind of saying that uh, if I don't, and it works, actually it works very well for the priests and the pundits, that if you say there is something bad that is happening in my life, and I don't know why this is happening because there is no answer because nobody is equipped to answer your question. So the simplest answer is to tell you that it is because of your bad karma. And because everybody has been telling you this and because all the people are talking about it. So it becomes completely ingrained in your head that it is because of my karma. Okay. Now I would say, let's say if something uh, very bad is happening to me right now. Let's say, okay, I will take example that Shivi, okay? My friend, such a good friend suddenly passed away, okay? Now, if people come and tell me it is because of my past bad past karma, which I don't remember I have done any past karma in this life, okay, it must be in the previous life. I have no idea, okay, what have I done? There is no way of knowing what did I do in my past life because of which I lost my friend. Now, what does that do to me? It puts me in a circle of fear. Okay, I become very fearful. I say, oh God, I don't know what did I do because of which I lost Shivi. Now, how should I operate my life? What should I do so that I don't make that mistake again? First is I don't even know what mistake I had made earlier. And now I have added pressure that I hope I don't make more mistakes again. So this does not repeat for me. Okay, 
now i am operating out of fear and when i am operating out of fear again there are so many people around me who may be ignorant and who would again tell me okay you need to do these rituals you need to do that or you ensure but actually i am operating completely out of fear okay now i will give you another scenario okay my friend shivi passed away and uh, yes it is very bad something has happened but it has happened and i have to accept death as a normal process in life which can happen to anybody any point of time it has happened it was just an event like any other event and i move on that's it as simple as that why do i have to carry the baggage and burden of karma with me over here there is absolutely no need so other what i'm trying to say here, say here is other than the path of action there is no such thing no other path on the uh, in the spirituality is talking about karma even if they are talking it is because the masses are so ingrained into it that they have to uh, take this up and mention it to kind of either to help you or they don't know what the answer is or sometimes people even they know they give you that so that because they know you are not ready to listen to the uh, the truth you're not ready for that because the conditioning is so strong and uh, now i want to share here with you these are the spiritual paths and what do the masters say they say it does not matter who you are how and where you were born who your parents were what kind of karma you have okay whatever it is that you may have done in the past life this life if you are willing to practice you can attain the highest everything can wait but your search for your own self cannot wait so it is up to you these are the paths which are given don't worry what has happened in the past whatever it is start now it is up to you so thank you for listening Oh